Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into The Internet is Not What You Think It Is, a thought-provoking exploration by Justin E. H. Smith that challenges preconceived notions about the Internet's role in human cognition and society. Smith, a seasoned professor in philosophy of science with an impressive portfolio of literary contributions, intertwines philosophy, mathematics, science, and history to scrutinize our deeply engraved beliefs about this digital expanse. Readers seeking to navigate the rapid currents of the information age, as well as those concerned with the addictive nature of social media, will find the internet is not what you think it is, particularly resonant. If you've been yearning for a deeper, more meaningful way to engage with the digital world or are simply grappling with Zoom fatigue, this episode and Smith's enlightening work is for you. Join us as we unpack the insights and revelations of a formidable authority who writes for acclaimed outlets, including the New York Times and Harper's Magazine. Discover the unseen dimensions of the internet and how it impacts our lives beyond the screen. The internet is not what you think it is. A history, a philosophy, a warning. Introduction. Reimagining our digital connections. Can the internet still unite us? Imagine the internet as a tapestry, weaving together the threads of our lives, designed to pull us into a tighter, richer fabric of connection. Mark Zuckerberg's vision of Facebook shared similar sentiments promising to fortify our communal bonds. Yet, as the threads fray and tangles emerge, we confront a digital domain that seems to divide rather than unite. The global village envisioned by early internet pioneers appears more like disparate echo chambers, reverberating with fake news and contentious memes that sideline pressing issues like climate change and economic disparity. Think about it. Every click, Share and scroll adds to a digital deluge. This overproduction of content primarily fattens the pockets of the affluent, while we grapple with the overlooked environmental toll of our gadgets and the societal costs of our online lives. Instead of the anticipated digital utopia, many encounter a sense of isolation and a hunger for purpose, begging the question, are we destined for a dystopian internet? As we navigate through what feels like an uncharted virtual wilderness, this exploration proffers a sobering pause to question and deconstruct long-standing assumptions about the genesis of computing, the inception of the internet, and the proliferation of social media. By dissecting the historical interconnection of communication webs, unpacking the coinciding birth of the industrial and digital revolutions, and interrogating the very nature of the information fed to us by algorithms, we begin to arm ourselves with the discernment necessary to reclaim agency over our digital involvement. No one needs to weather the storm of online life in solitude. If you've sensed that nagging emptiness and chaos in your virtual experiences, recognize that while you're not alone in these emotions, there's also potential for a different, more fulfilling path. It's time to unravel the knots in our understanding of the internet and reconsider how our precious screen time can be spent more wisely for the betterment of ourselves and the world at large. Part 1. The Price of Free 
unpacking the cost of social media on our personal data. In a world that gushes over the notion of free social media, a startling revelation awaits. You are the product being sold. Gone are the days when companies profited solely from labor or natural resources. Today's gold rush thrives on a different commodity, your personal data. Dive into the algorithmic whirlpool of platforms like YouTube and Instagram, where personal preferences, viewed through the lens of billions of data points, are scrutinized ad infinitum. These algorithms work tirelessly, refining the art of keeping your eyes glued to the screen by feeding a bespoke menu of content designed to ensnare your attention. Behind the scenes, private corporations orchestrate this digital puppetry, harvesting profits with minimal governmental scrutiny. Consider this the modern siren call, designed to captivate you, compelling you to swipe and tap long after you intended to disconnect. Each interaction feeds the data beast, while doling out doses of feel-good dopamine as likes and shares rain down upon your digital persona. Caught in this loop, any resolutions to disconnect may feel futile, leaving you in a cycle of self-blame and incessant scrolling. The evolution of mobile technology into our constant companions has tethered us to this data exchange ecosystem. Our smartphones have become lifelines to our social existence, enabling us to navigate work, love, and leisure in the vast, invisible net of the internet. The online realm beckons us to curate ourselves as marketable entities. Robbed of our multidimensional humanity, we're compelled to reduce our identities to profiles stripped of depth. Profiles that sell to prospective employers and romantic interests alike. We've unwittingly consented to a trade-off, where complexity is exchanged for compatibility with the algorithm. But let's not forget, there's a human on the other side of that screen, interpreting, reacting, and potentially spiraling into conflict that transcends digital borders into the tangible world. Your trusty device, while a window to the global digital stage, doubles as a watchful sentinel. This unprecedented level of surveillance extends its reach into our homes, vehicles, and workplaces, noting and logging our every move within this connected ecosystem. We're at a crossroads, where myth and reality intertwine to form our understanding of the internet. It's imperative that we probe the annals of history, biology, philosophy, and mathematics to discern the origins of this digital revolution. By unearthing how we've been ensnared in this entangled web, we can chart a course toward reclaiming our freedom and purpose in the digital age. Part 2. The Dual Dance of Algorithms and Human Perception Humans have a long-standing tradition of delegating calculations to inanimate helpers. Picture an ancient mathematician pondering over an abacus. That's our starting point. Fast forward to the 17th century, when German polymath Gottfried Leibniz envisioned even grander computation, beyond numbers, to the realm of complex decision-making. He imagined a future where concept-crunching machines calculated the most favorable outcomes, resolving conflicts, and potentially ushering in global harmony, while humans basked in the luxury of the arts and sciences. Cut to the present, and we're wading through Twitter storms, a stark contrast to Leibniz's idyllic prospects. 
Today's artificial intelligence wields significant online clout, capable of mimicking conversations, pilfering passwords, and even cyberbullying. Yet, AI lacks the one critical currency of the information era, the ability to pay attention. Attention is not merely perception, the passive reception of environmental stimuli. Rather, it's an active sifting process, selecting what warrants our focus amid a constant influx of sensory data. It's intimately linked to consciousness, the self-aware act of prioritization that differentiates the perceived from the attended. But from what vast sensory array do we draw our focal selections? In the absence of filters, perception offers an uncurated snapshot of our surroundings. Adding the concept of apperception to the mix, attributed to Leibniz, we become aware of this very perception itself. It is this interplay of awareness and self-awareness that sets the stage for a conscious choice. Consider the artist lost in their melody or the athlete immersed in their game. They perceive their intricate actions but devote scant attention to them. To fixate on their mechanical movements would risk disrupting the delicate flow of their performance. Advances in neuroscience verify that we are, by nature, selective even in our unfiltered perceptions, constrained by our brain's capacity to process the deluge of incoming signals. Though we like to believe in the completeness of our awareness, we're actually operating with a built-in sieve unconsciously filtering the world before it reaches our conscious minds. Curiously, while we often disregard the infinite intricacies in a stretch of nature, we seldom lament this inattention. In contrast, the internet economy preys on our attention, meticulously engineering it towards revenue-generating content. Our online focus is manipulated, refined, monopolized, and sold to the highest bidder. Yet it's crucial to recognize that not all networks function on the same extractive principle. There exists a possibility for a harmonious synergy between human perception and technology, one that respects the complexities of attention rather than exploiting it. Part 3. The Intricate Tapestry of Nature's Own Web Before casting the Internet as the sole villain in the theater of attention-grabbing technology, consider reimagining it as a manifestation of our own living system. To frame the internet as a mere mechanical parasite fails to capture its role as a natural extension of human interconnectedness. Nature has long been a sophisticated messenger. The symphony of birdsong that graces the morning air, the canine's distant barks, the seismic communication among elephant clans, these are the Earth's original tweets and posts. Organic signals, such as the waft of jasmine on the breeze, the pheromone trails of ants, or the tremors within a spider's web, convey messages without a wire in sight. Each of these natural broadcasts serves a distinct function, transmitting across specialized channels to reach discerning audiences. The living network extends from plants exchanging chemical signals via underground fungal conduits to whales harmonizing their sonar ballads across vast marine expanses. Even the simplest organisms exhibit a sophisticated interplay of sensation, decision-making, and action. Consider the slime mold. With its unassuming appearance and its surprising applicability in modern transportation studies, 
When food is placed on a model city map to represent train stations, a slime mold navigates the terrain with such efficiency that it outperforms algorithmic predictions, all without a shred of what we conventionally deem intelligence. This mold's prowess is a testament to an intelligence embedded within nature, not confined to human cognition. It has been an enduring human trait to elevate our brand of consciousness, to distance ourselves from the organic intelligence demonstrated by the natural world. Yet, we hesitate to equate biological processing, like that of the persistent slime mold, with the artificial mechanisms of computing. One critical reason is the temporal scale. The organic world does not adhere to our impulsive demand for instantaneity. The assumption that speed is the ultimate virtue in both communication and computation is a premise ripe for scrutiny. As we examine our relationship with the digital realm, it is perhaps time to recalibrate our expectations, to appreciate the intricate, albeit slower, wisdom of the natural networks that surround us. Let's venture deeper into this exploration in the following segment, questioning the value we assign to the velocity of our virtual exchanges. Part 4. Tracing the threads of human telecommunication. The tapestry of human communication stands unique in its reliance on devices to transmit and receive messages across distances. Unlike the scent trails of ants or the sonar cries of whales, our telecommunication extends the reach of our voices through the ingenuity of technology. Envision the early footpaths of human history brimming with the rich exchange of information. The Silk Road, an ancient highway of culture, served as a conduit for the cross-pollination of languages, traditions, and knowledge, as integral to the journey as the precious silks and spices traded along its length. Reflect on the runners of the Mexica civilization, known to many as the Aztecs, whose swift strides wove a web of messages across the expanse of Mesoamerica. Whether enshrined within ceremonies or utilized for pragmatic dispatches, their running transformed speech into a living, breathing entity, sacred in its transport. In a time when the divine was believed to possess the power of instant knowledge, human messengers bore a touch of the celestial in their memorized orations. As humanity harnessed the might of horses, sails, steam, and wings, our capacity to amplify messages over great distances grew exponentially, intertwining the notion of speed with that of progress. Yet, within this acceleration, a dimension of human connection began to recede. Picture a time when the arrival of a distant message was synonymous with the presence of another soul, a person bearing the distinct aromas, attire, and idiosyncrasies of a far-off land. These human couriers brought with them more than mere words. They ushered in foreign tastes, unfamiliar thoughts, and novel philosophies, enriching the receiver beyond the confines of the transmitted message. Fast forward to the emergence of the postal system, and we begin to see a thinning of this richness despite the preservation of personal handwriting. A tangible letter in today's digital age carries a weight of significance that a text message struggles to match. And, in a world that prizes immediacy, a face-to-face visit becomes a cherished rarity, a potent reminder of the depth of human interaction that can be lost to the relentless march of technological progress. 
As we continue on this trajectory, prioritizing speed above all in our communication, we must pause to consider the full spectrum of what may be sacrificed. The richness of human connection, once an inherent part of long-distance messaging, has dwindled, leaving us to ponder the true cost of our ever-quickening digital discourse. Part 5. Unraveling the Myth of Untouched Nature and Simulated Realities The gadgets that enable our global connectivity didn't simply appear, They required raw materials, energy, and human ingenuity to come into existence. Yet, there's a prevailing notion that the world beyond our screens, nature, exists in a state of spontaneous, unsculpted wildness. This perception, however, does not quite mirror reality. When explorers from distant continents set foot on North American soil, they beheld landscapes they perceived as wild and untamed. But to the indigenous peoples who had thrived there for generations, these very terrains told a different tale, one of careful stewardship, cultivated through generations of environmental management strategies, such as controlled burns and selective planting. Similarly, communities traditionally viewed as more attuned to nature, like the Mbuti of the Ituri rainforest, don't see their surroundings as a chaotic wilderness but rather a living entity shaped by their own interactions and care, requiring constant nourishment and tending much like a city's infrastructure. The binary view of metropolises as synthetic constructs existing separately from the natural world leads to misplaced understandings that sometimes devolve into retrograde stances. Take, for instance, the beguiling yet contentious hypothesis that our universe is but a simulation arguably a concept more befitting the musings of a medieval philosopher than modern scientific discourse. The idea begs the question, if humanity seeks to create artificial consciousness, could we ourselves be unknowing avatars within an advanced civilization's cosmic simulation? This line of inquiry exposes our anthropocentric biases, particularly the presumption that computational prowess is the zenith of intelligence. Interestingly, Leibniz, who we previously encountered with his dream of mechanizing thought, actually saw raw computation as a prelude to higher cognitive activities, not the pinnacle itself. Unlike the universe, which holds its secrets close, the human mind is not entirely inscrutable to us, despite the profound mystery of consciousness. While we may be adept at constructing algorithms, the leap from algorithmic function to the emergence of consciousness remains a vast chasm that science has yet to bridge. The prospect of conscious machines sparks intrigue and consideration. Yet our grasp on the essence of consciousness, especially as it occurs naturally within us, is imperfect at best. To borrow from Francis Bacon's assertion, our comprehension of the mind is not that of creators fully understanding their creation. We lack a maker's knowledge a complete and intrinsic understanding of our own cognitive architecture. Part 6. The Intertwining of Silk Weaving and Computing Evolution Let's consider Mark Zuckerberg's vision for Facebook once again. His intention to reinforce society's fabric and make the world feel smaller are deeply entrenched metaphors, but still, just metaphors after all. Society isn't literally a textile, nor does technology physically condense the planet. 
It's in this space of metaphorical thinking that we find a rich seam of philosophical insight. Ancient cultures for millennia have often envisioned the world as a single living organism. Marcus Aurelius, the Stoic philosopher, encouraged others to see the universe as one body with one soul. Panpsychism, the belief in the universal prevalence of consciousness, can be found in various philosophical traditions, with the ancient Upanishads poetically describing reality as interwoven. Now, let's weave a surprising connection. The inception of computing technology is intimately linked to the art of silk weaving. During the 19th century, the automated loom, invented by Joseph-Marie Jacquard, revolutionized silk production by reading punch cards to create intricate patterns. This innovation was an evolution of earlier prototypes, tracing back to Jacques de Vaucanson's 18th-century ingenuities. Silk patterns crafted by humans eventually led to a pondering of patterns in computation. Leibniz, for instance, imagined funding scientific exploration through patents in silk manufacturing, intertwining the threads of fabric and formula. It was in the context of these automated looms that human minds considered the language of zeros and ones, thus giving life to binary code. Charles Babbage and Ada Lovelace, two titans of early computing, saw beyond simply using punch cards for looms or mathematical computation. Lovelace, in particular, daughter of the poet Lord Byron and mathematician Anne Milbank, had the unique insight to see the potential overlap between the functions of weaving machinery and early computers. Her vision extended into a realm where these mechanisms might not only expand our intellectual capabilities, but also allow us to forge new worlds, crafting a maker's knowledge within mechanical minds. Herein lies a majestic portrait of interlaced human progress, from fabric to figures, looms to logic gates. We've crafted a technological tapestry that has evolved in step with our drive for understanding and creation. The silk woven so artfully centuries ago serves as a reminder that our capacity to construct complex systems has long been part of our cultural fabric, shaping not just clothes, but the very essence of our interactions with the world. Final Summary Welcome to the culmination of our journey through The Internet Is Not What You Think It Is, a profound exploration by author Justin E.H. Smith that delves into the complexities of our digital era. Throughout this exploration, we have grappled with the harsh reality that in the realm of social media, we are not mere users, but the merchandise. Our personal data meticulously mined and monetized to fuel an industry built on sustained engagement. Our foray into the digital age has brought to light the fact that the internet, often hailed as the pinnacle of modernity and a beacon of democratization, is neither as novel nor as altruistic as popular narratives suggest. The revolutions of industry and digital technology were concurrent, challenging the notion that we stand apart from nature, and by extension, that the internet elevates us above the organic tapestry of our world. As we've unraveled the threads of communication spanning from the intricate signals within the natural world to the rich history of telecommunication, we've discovered that our intricate webs of interconnectivity are not a modern construct, but deeply rooted in the essence of human existence. Understanding these connections 
recognizing their ancient and elemental foundations, brings forth an opportunity to reassess how we engage with the digital domain. It invites us to reforge our bond with the fundamental ways we communicate and exist within this interconnected lattice, beyond the screen, within nature, and across our shared human narratives. By embracing this nuanced perspective, we can navigate the digital landscape with greater wisdom, intention, and perhaps find a path that melds the best of innovation with the enduring principles of our social fiber. Thank you for joining us on this enlightening odyssey through The Internet Is Not What You Think It Is. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.